0: Welcome to Talking Mopars, episode number 141. Welcome back, my friends. This is part two of the live-streamed episode that I recorded this past Saturday night with Johnny Mopar and Jeremy from Sort of Stock Mopars, picking up where we left off in part one. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned in to the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this... Is talking Mopars.
1: You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar.
0: Before we get into the meat and potatoes of this episode, I have to ask you guys a question Is your Mopar protected? Whether it's sitting outside in the elements or inside the safe confines of your man cave, it's important to keep your Mopar protected. That's why I'm excited to announce that I'm now affiliated with a company offering an amazing solution for vehicle protection. They have everything from basic indoor shields, all the way up to the top of the line platinum shields offering the very best protection to keep your mopar safe both indoors and outdoors from elements like dust water snow and yes even uv rays their products are guaranteed to fit and are backed by a great warranty to find out more about my new affiliate please visit talkingmopars.com click on the affiliates tab and follow the link to their website if you need protection for your mopar don't worry we got you covered Let me ask you guys this. So let's say you had a $5,000 budget. How much different would this
1: race have been? Way different. (laughs) (laughs) I think Johnny can tell you too. It would have been a whole different animal. What would you have done? Go ahead, Johnny. You want to go first?
2: I'll I'll say... I think it would be way different for Jeremy, but I, I don't think it would have been much different from us. Cause I think, I think we pushed our car all the way to its limit, you know, as far as if, if we wanted to go more than 200 shot, like if, if we just threw that out the window and just said, well, screw it, we're not going to adhere to the rule and we're just going to try to throw more power at it. Like, I don't think that motor can handle more power. And, and then going to a totally different engine would be more expensive, and uh, you know, maybe maybe get it into that but that five thousand dollar budget, but it would just take more time, you know. Mm. And and I, I don't I was I was content with the direction of our car, so I don't think on our end it would have been a different. It, it wouldn't have changed much, you know. And even uh, when we were conspiracy theoring on Jeremy's <laughs> side, you know. Uh, we were still we were still stuck it was like i know he's playing these head games with me but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything because like if if i think he's gonna like come out and upstage us it doesn't change our build our build was you know it's like i don't have extra money i don't have extra parts i don't have extra time so it's like it doesn't change anything for me we're sticking to plan a you know and we're gonna get the nitrous system on there and we're gonna stick to that so I don't think it would have changed our, I mean, I, I, I can't say for sure, but I, I think, I don't think it would have changed our build.
1: I think that turbo would have definitely been on a three team had we had more money in the budget, but I would have had to utilize a lot of that money through the assistance of a shop because I just didn't have the the folks down here. Most of my teammates had to, to travel really far. Only one person lives uh, here in San Diego. And so, uh, I would have had to help a shop like fab up just the, the exhaust coming out to the flange. Cause it just takes too much time. Um, and I could have had the turbo mounted and even the, the plate, in fact, I don't know if I have it behind me. Now I have it mocked up for sitting underneath the carb. So the carb can be in the same position, but could have had a shop fab that for me. And so I think the higher budget would have compensated for the time crunch that we had, at least yeah. on our end. But, uh, you know, overall, I'm still pretty happy we got it with there with that warmed over Magnum. I'm I'm actually really impressed by the three team. This is the first time I've actually like really played with the three team. Usually, it's three sixty or three forty. Mm. Yeah, so I'm definitely a three team believer now, especially the Magnum motor. They're fantastic. How much boost were you planning on running? So, in a draw through configuration, you're really limited to like yeah ten like 10s yeah. and max you can do because you have so much heat going into it. Yeah. Turbo's sitting right there next to the carb. You can't run an intercooler because you get all the, uh, the fuel dropping out of suspension, right, just filling up. And placement of the turbo is really huge too. I actually spent a lot of time on the Volkswagen forums because a lot of those guys and those old Beatles are running turbos. And mm-hmm. where they have the turbo in line with the carburetor, like, man, everything. And uh, a lot of them uh-huh. sort of trash on the draw through setups because the blow through is so much better, but there's still tons of info out there on the draw through. It's just you got to hit up the forums because most people nowadays aren't playing with draw through setups. Yeah. So why how would does, you, the,
2: how does the draw, how do, how does the draw through work compared to the, the blow through? I mean, I, I, I didn't even know there was a draw through. You know, I always thought of like a blow through, which is why I was. Blow through is where the carburetor is inside of a chamber, right? And everything's. Be a chamber, through. even just a top hat. Okay. And I know you got to modify the carburetors to do that, which is why I was thinking you were probably bullshitting us. But <laughs> <So laughs> how, how does the. How does the.
1: the uh, what did you call it? The, the draw through?
2: Draw through so work. Yeah. Draw
1: through works really similar to like your old school roots blowers, right? It sucks in air and fuel from the carb into the turbine of the the turbocharger does a really good job of of, uh, atomizing the fuel and then pumps back into the engine, that mixture of air and fuel. So what you get is you get a really fantastic running engine at full throttle, but like when you're around town and you're trying to just, you know, ease it into lights and whatnot, it's really hard to tune. And the fuel ends up dropping out of suspension, depending on your configuration, it'll sit in the turbo. So it's not the best. You know, the old school stuff, like the, the Chrysler 2.2s, they were draw through the you know GNX and all that. You have to have carbon seals, or you're supposed to have carbon seals in your turbo for that so it doesn't suck in oil from the turbo. Um, you can't really find those nowadays, unless you go to a junkyard for an old one. So I was just going to send it with the, the regular eBay turbo, and if it sucked in oil, well. <laughs> right. But uh, that's pretty much it. You know, you... You configure it to where it sucks in the fuel and air, pump it back in the motor, and you just make sure that you lock out your timing, similar to the nitrous system. And uh, I was just going to have the exhaust go 90 up straight through the hood. And I was going to do this whole video, and I'm still going to actually do it for the the duct tape, the rematch. But I'm just going to have the exhaust go straight up through the hood, and I'm going to make a cheapo hood out of fiberglass and aluminum foil. Home Depot, $60. Why not have it
2: come out of the gills of the GTS hood?
1: Yeah, there. yeah, cut the, cut the hood. I'm gonna have to cut the hood for the turbo to sit up there. Uh-huh. Gonna, uh, yeah, I really picked everybody turbo off. off. No, turbo. <laughs> um, let
0: me ask you guys this when it how do you guys line up your cars? And what I mean by that is, how do you prefer to stage? I've always been told that you want to, if you're a last yellow guy, you want to shallow. Stage it so that you can hammer and not worry as much about red light versus uh, deep stage.
2: Yeah, for me, I I, I can't. I want to say those guys had suggested deep staging, or I I don't remember, but mm-hmm. um, I I honestly don't give it. I, I don't try. Yeah, I just I just stage when the yellow light the the second yellow comes on. I just hit the yeah. brakes and I stop. So I don't know if that's deep or not. There are those guys that creep to the first, the pre stage,
0: and then just creep until they just trigger the stage light. And then they know, okay, it's
1: like shallow slippery. stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I was doing. I was deep staging because I knew I was going to launch on the yellow. But that's kind of how I always stage it because I like to just keep it consistent. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I. I'm not playing with power enough to where it's it's I think really super critical. Mm. I could have shallow staged it, but uh, my reaction time was pretty good, so I was pretty happy with it.
0: For those yeah. of you left, for those of you left in the chat, that drag race, how do you guys stage your cars? Answer in the chat. I'm curious. I
2: always I always leave on the yellow. The racing I've done is kind of like what we were doing that Friday night. It's it's street cars, street racers are more more average people like driving uh street cars not mm-hmm. full-on race cars usually the full-on race cars come out saturday night so when you're racing the guys on friday night and it's the street guard cars like most i'd say 90 percent of those guys can't cut a good light to save their ass i mean they're <laughs> they're horrible out there i've had guys i've left and i thought they broke and only to see them finally go you know and it's like god there's like two buses between us you know i've never understood that i've never understood why they sleep (laughs) yeah i don't know i don't know what they're doing i don't know how it happens but i I imagine a lot of people are waiting for the last green to come on like they just they leave when they see the green and then they're just slow on top of that you know and by then you're three or four car lengths you could be as much as three or four car lengths out you know and we're talking street cars, so on the slow side, so that's, it's a lot. Well, you know? and that's why they say to leave on
0: the last yellow, because the human <clears throat> reaction time is so slow that it right. should give you just enough, you know. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've always been curious about, you know, people's philosophies on <laughs> lining up and staging their cars. Yeah. Um. So let me ask you this. With the $3,000 budget, if you guys could go back, what would you change the next time around? If you could redo
1: it all? I'll let Jeremy go. I'd probably do more time, to be honest. Because as uh, as fun as it was now, looking back on it, it is extremely stressful. Not just on you, but it's also stressful on the family, right? Because now I've got to be in the garage and I'm trying to do this. And I had covid for like a portion of that, like the whole rear end assembly and installation. I was quarantining in a garage with COVID still trying to push to, to get it done. Um, it would have been a lot more enjoyable. I think had we had probably double the time limit, maybe six months. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, I would agree with that. I think, I think we had less of a. Well, I mean if Jeremy put all the turbo stuff on, on his car, I think we would have had an easier job than him, you know, because we, we got pretty much everything done that we needed to get done. We had to push really hard for it. It was stressful on the family as well, but then we had no test time. Like we, it would have been nice to test the car and have all these problems. Like I said, that the two weeks prior we were shooting for that date, but -hmm. there was just so many loose ends on the car. I didn't have it. I couldn't, I couldn't take it to the track. It wasn't ready. And mm. once, once you've missed that Friday, it's like, well, the next race day is the day we race. So it was, it was done. I couldn't race the Friday after, but I, it would have been nice just to have more breathing room, more time. It wouldn't have changed our build, but it would have been nice to just
1: freaking bring it down a few notches. You know, I wanted to have like two videos out a week that was kind of my goal to match your timeline and your build. Um, But I was really only able to get one video out like every seven to 10 days was like the max I could do. Cause you know, aside from building the car, remember we're both recording this on our channels. So yeah, I mean, the camshaft video, you know, I really wanted to do a good video for those guys and I probably had 12 hours into editing. You know, I'm building all this in iMovie on my phone and that that's really how much time I had to put into that video to get it to to work yeah right. it's so much footage doing the full tour I was probably there for like four hours so you know it, it's stuff like that that also eats up and I think a lot of people that are looking at the competition and the rules are probably like oh I could have done that in three months it's like well, try filming it <laughs> and recording it yeah on too it's a different a different
0: animal when you add content in it you know if you could just concentrate on the build (laughs) you know yeah there's so many different factors involved and like you know when you're talking about family like today all i was doing today was hauling stuff to my storage unit and the last run i did my daughter was literally holding on to my leg and would not let me go and it was like (laughs) okay, do I break this precious little girl's heart and say, daddy's got to go move his shit into the storage unit right now? It was, uh, it was a moment where, because I, I felt bad about having to just forfeit the no-name nationals, but today when she did that and I realized there is no, fuck the storage unit. I don't have to go. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm renting the fucking thing. I can go whenever I want. Right. Um, The no pressure thing, God, it feels good. (laughs) I I don't like pressure. So with that, I got to segue into a question for Johnny Mopar. Johnny was – now be honest. Was there any moment during this whole thing where you thought, I wish Jeremy hadn't called me out?
2: Why did he call me out? I didn't – I never asked why necessarily. But, uh, yeah, I did have lots of regret. (laughs) I'd say – Cause we talked about it. We, you know, when we went, you and I went to the mats and stuff, Jeremy had already approached me over this thing and he wanted to make it three months. So we had kind of worked out the rules and all this stuff, what about five months ahead of the race. So we couldn't really touch okay. the cars for those two months. Um, and during that time, there's no pressure, but I would say after the first month, and I, I, I feel like we squandered a lot of that time in that first month. So it put a lot more pressure into the second or, you know, the second and the third month. So by that second month, I was done. I was like, it's too much shit. You can't, yeah. <laughs> you cannot foresee everything that you need to do that goes into a car. And we had so many problems with Dorothy. Like it felt like every step forward was two steps back. It was like we would finish some major thing and then be like, all right, cool. You know, in your head, you're like, I'm like five bolts away from getting this done. And then you're already thinking about the next thing you got to get done in the car. And then you find out there's problems with what you just did. And you got to take shit apart and put it back, you know, fix it. And so and it takes days. It, it eats up days. And you're like, now I'm days behind, you know, and then like you said, on the the editing stuff, you know, it's like, I was spending a lot of late nights, you know, it's like, well, I can't really work in the car at night. So I'm going to do all my editing at night. And I'm doing it every day trying to spend, you know, so it doesn't consume too much time during the day or on the weekends, it's like every single night, I'm going to do something little, just keep hammering, just keep hammering and then like get a video and then freaking throw it out there. You know, <laughs> it's like, oh, that one's good enough. It's a nice bow on it out, you know, so
0: here we are the first race has already been decided Jeremy I see your trophy some mighty fine cover you got there I like it a lot it <laughs> might be it might be worth something someday you never know it's got some nice <laughs> on it. it's got some pretty cool signatures on it uh Johnny put in some effort to get some some of those things man uh we were at mats and he was going around um I, I thought it was i thought it was pretty cool i i uh i'm curious to see where you guys go from here so duct tape i've heard that mentioned a couple times the rematch at duct tape so are there rules to this is it balls to the wall what, what do
1: we got going on for this rematch so, you know, having felt all that pressure with the rules and the budget and whatnot, I think we both were, like, unanimous in this when we were talking about it, you know, the night of the race. When we agreed on duct tape, it was like, let's just run it. Yeah. You, know, you do you, I'll do me. Let's just yeah. meet there and run the cars, whatever you want to do in the next 90 days, and we'll see where it lands. So yeah. the ceiling's off. We just get to have fun with the car and, you know, run what we got. His his dad even said so we could run the Viper
2: motor in it. I said, "Go for it if you want to do that." Yeah,
1: <laughs> no way. Time, <laughs> knock yourself out. <laughs> yeah, he makes those comments, I'm I'm looking at the work, I'm like, oh no. I mean, the Barracuda's <laughs> been sitting on jack stands for two years. <laughs> Let me ask
0: you something, Jeremy. Was there any point during this whole thing where you're like, man, I should have just? why did i do this challenge i should have just
1: you know yeah probably like every every week of the second and third month yeah it was was every time i had to ask my wife i was like babe i need this weekend (laughs) and i was like the story of my life for almost every week i was like i gotta do this i gotta go to the junkyard i gotta get this and uh even she was like she's like you timed this when we have a new baby, <laughs> <was> like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Like, you know, I was going to be off work for eight weeks and uh, the race was the last week of my opportunity leave. And whew, man, yeah, definitely was, was thinking we should probably do this later on in the year. Um, but I was actually really in, right now. Still, I'm really glad we did it for a couple of reasons. One I get to have a bunch of fond memories about having the pressure and, and doing this whole thing. But also, it really helped motivate me jump back into building cars on a full force. Yeah. The the Barracuda's been sitting on jack stands. It's such a big project. I've never taken a build to that level caliber. You know, full fab, the tunnel, the firewall. Um, And it's not just a stock Viper V10, too. It's going to have about 600 horsepower naturally aspirated. So, like, I'm not going to get to enjoy that car for a little while to do it right. Yeah, yeah. I knew doing this with a hoopty would end, you know, with either us blowing a motor and just having a great time or us having a car that still ran and being able to enjoy it. And uh, that's what we both have right now. I get to go to a car show, you know, get laughed at, but I get to be there with something and uh, and just enjoy it again.
2: Our, Our whole build started with the intent to do a cheap build for club. You know, there's like, four of us that went in and bought the car Mm -hmm. no five i think it was five 200 bucks a piece and we wanted to take the car to zip tie drags at the time it was zip tie drags when we bought the car and the whole like doing this build didn't really change i mean it just what we were going to do with the car anyway go with a big block get it a little bit faster take it to the track have fun with the car not worry about it you know it's it's not a valuable car, not putting a lot of money on the line. All the parts were donated to the car. Um, so when this, when Jeremy approached me with this, it just, it fit, it fits so perfectly. with what we were already going to do with the car. So doing this build helped us get that car to that point because it had stalled. I mean, we've we've already had the car, I don't know, three years or so, two or three years. And, you know, We'd, we worked on it a few times, like we got the, the disc brakes on it up front, we put a fuel uh, new gas tank in it, um, probably not much beyond that, you know, but it, the 383 has been sitting in the garage for a while, you know, and honestly, if this build hadn't come along, it would still be sitting over there in the corner of the garage and the car would still have the poly in it you know and probably wouldn't have moved forward so this whole exercise basically pushed the car to its you know what it was intended to be so i am grateful for that i am glad and i'm definitely glad it's over with i mean <laughs> i was by we finished our car uh thursday afternoon so the day before race day and all i was looking forward to was saturday To just get it all over with i didn't care if we won or if we lost i just wanted to get it over with so i can get to saturday and finally relax and not have to work on anything you know yeah
0: what's what's funny about this whole thing from the outside looking in and not being a participant or a competitor is i was thinking about it and you hear this argument when it comes to reality television how it's all staged and all the mishaps and shit are staged and i'm sitting here after it's all said and done looking at it from both sides because i've heard both your sides and i'm going that would have made a great you know little series of episodes there because there was so much shit that happened between the onset of the challenge the conspiracy theories the mishaps and then being at the track you actually both got the cars to the track only for one oh man one run and everything goes wrong that to me like you couldn't script a tv show as drama filled as that just the conspiracy theories alone was like, this is, this is great. And then to hear, you know, and I like, I, I don't get me wrong. I was super disappointed. I wanted to see both the cars run that, that would have been awesome. But looking at it now, I'm like, of course, something like that was going to happen <laughs> with everything leading up. It's like, of course, some bullshit was going to happen. Yeah. And it, it, it makes it even more interesting because like i said you can't write this because now now there's going to be a rematch and there are no fucking rules <laughs> you know that yeah. just so it, it you got the first part and now you get to see okay now mm-hmm. i i can promise you and murphy's gonna have to sit this one out we're gonna have to see these two cars
2: really go <laughs> you know um, well, I, I hope so <laughs> you know <laughs> I I am worried about our car because we've ran it with no oil pressure so many times. I'm like, I'm afraid to pull the pan and look at the bearings on it, you know. Ah, Keep that 2050 weight in there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Are you guys feeling the pressure all over again now? Because you're like, shit, 90 days until duct tape. (laughs) Oh, it's it's totally relieved for me.
1: I feel so much better. I was so behind, you know, like. I just have fine tuning now. And so I've got, you know, two and a half months to just really iron it out and and get it fast. Yeah. Feel really good about it. Plus I get to spend a lot more time with the family and and do all that. And, you know, I I think it was like two, two weeks ago, Chris, you had uh, aired that that live and threw it on the podcast. And you were talking a lot about your decisions for pulling out of the no name nationals. Uh And I was listening to that at work. And like, Every statement you were making, like back to back, I was like, "Yeah, I felt that." I was like, "Oh yeah, that's what happened. That's exactly what happened." You made a comment about uh how like you know your daughter wanted to to play. You were you were yeah. afraid that you didn't have to tell her like I got to go work on this rusty piece of shit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, yeah. little one. And uh, when I had COVID, my son would hear me working in the garage. He's three and a half, and he'd open the door and be like, "Dad, are you working on the car?" I'm like, "Yeah, I am, bud." He goes. Okay, I get shoes. I'm like, no, <laughs> stay oh, in the man. I can't hang out with you. And uh like all that it was real. And of course, that was you know conjoined with COVID quarantine, so I couldn't go and hug them yet. Mm. But uh it was hard. That was yeah. hard. 100%. So now I get to, to take it easier and plan it and have a good balance between family and then working on the car. Yeah, man.
0: Uh last weekend I was on a lake in a kayak with my daughter. And i was going man if i hadn't pulled out i would be in the garage right now or actually in my driveway because the car isn't even in the garage wondering how the hell i'm even going to get this thing how i'm going to afford fuel. am i doing this all for nothing because i can't even afford the fuel yeah and i thought to myself this is way better on my mental state <laughs> you know because mm-hmm. hey you know when I was knee deep in the project and I, I was planning 100% on taking the car to no name, I was listening to my wife, make all these plans. Oh, I'm going to get a kayak. We're going to go out with all our friends. You can be at home working on your shit box, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I had already made a commitment. So I was like, all right, well, you know, sucks. And I, I kept trying to tell myself, you know, oh, yeah, I don't want to do that shit anyway. <laughs> And uh, the more I thought about it and the the money really pushed, like, nailed it home. I was like, if I do all this and miss a whole summer of my daughter's life when she's three in a fun stage and I can't even afford to go and I wasted all that time, it wasn't worth it to me. Not yeah. not to one run once down a track. That's, no, because I can't. I can do that again next year when my daughter hates me, <laughs> you know what I mean, or whatever. But right now she's... Uh, <laughs> She's all about hanging out and having a good time. So uh, I, the the fuel cost was, you know, the it came at the right point where I was like, I'm not willing to sacrifice this only to fail anyway. I'm not saying that I would have 100, percent. but looking at the numbers now, I'm still, you know there's no way I would have been able to make it work financially even. And I had planned on selling a bunch of stuff that I had. And even then I was like, man, I still would have been penny pinching. And then when I got back, I'd have nothing. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I would have dumped all that cash and it's a great event and I encourage anybody to go, but for me and my situation, there's guys out there with grown kids or older kids that don't give a shit about hanging out with dad. I'm not at that point right now. And, uh, Uh, Unfortunately for me, I, I had to make the decision and zero regrets because I feel my anxiety level is not there anymore. But like I asked you guys, you know, the question of did you ever just say, man, I wish I had never, you know, accepted the challenge or even made the challenge. I thought to myself, why did I ever accept a challenge when I didn't even have a car? I should have just laughed at Dustin and said, are you out of your mind, dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pick somebody else, bro. What are you thinking? Do you have an idea for a great new podcast? You can bring your idea to life and start your podcast today with Libsyn. Talking Mopars has been on Libsyn since 2019, and I love it. Libsyn has everything you need to plan, launch, and grow your own podcast. Libsyn provides some of the best resources created by expert podcasters who will show you everything you need to know, like what equipment you should use, how to record great audio, how to get your show on Apple Podcasts and other popular platforms, and much more. Plus, as a friend of Talking Mopars, when you sign up with Libsyn, you get your first month of podcast hosting for free. There has never been a better time than right now for you to start podcasting. Visit libsyn.com and use code FRIEND, F R I E N D. That's L I B S Y N.com, and use code F R I E N D to get started and create your podcast today.
2: Well, I think initially, because like when Jeremy pitched it to me, it was like, it's just sounds awesome. And then, you know, for. Yeah somebody doing a YouTube channel, it's like, this sounds like great content. 100%. So it's all rainbows and unicorns up front, you know, and then you start getting into the thick of it. And I think we talked about this a little bit last night on Ruben's channel, but like, uh, you know, you do some, when you do a major thing, like when we dropped the 383 and and the, the big block 727 into the car, it was like we got 80% of the car done, you know, and it felt good. It felt like we made a major accomplishment, but that wasn't jack shit as far as all the work and effort and time and problems that went into the car and expense, you know, um, it's, it's hard. It's hard. I mean, when I was say 18 years old, it's like, I could come home from work every day, you know, no, no wife, no kids and crawl under a car and pull a motor out, drop a motor in. And, you know what I mean? It's no big deal, but being an older guy with wife, kids work, it's like, uh, it's, it's hard to judge how much time that car is going to take how much effort and all the problems you're going to run into, you know, Mm -hmm. when we, when we raced Friday, I mean, that basically marked those guys going to no-name nationals, that's your three-month mark. And it's... Jeremy and I have perspective. It's like, we know what it takes to to cram a car into three months. So it's like, you better... You better have your car pretty far along at this point, because the clock is ticking, and it's going to go quicker than you realize. You know?
0: Yeah. And that clock does not slow down because you've got shit going on. (laughs) You know
1: what I mean? Uh, It... (laughs) Looking at the comments, looks like Bad Tree uh, Productions was asking about, uh, you know, from all three of us, what uh, project car do we think was our greatest achievement in getting back on the road? I mean, I I've, I've built some cars and I've, I've had a lot of time and, you know, a little lot more money to do so. But I think this challenge was definitely my, my greatest achievement with a car. You know, I, I pulled it out of a junkyard, raced it down a quarter mile, got a decent time, even in its condition. And there's a couple things I didn't even talk about. Like, I only had one nut on the accelerator pedal, so my gas pedal was like creeping underneath my brake pedal. And I was having to two foot it to separate it. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was panicking about that. And then uh, the you know the morning of, I even called Johnny. I was like, "Hey, uh, why would my brake fluid be leaking in the cab? <laughs> like, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. The master cylinder didn't have an O ring, so like, you know, all those those things that are super." small that take all that time you know you got to make sure you have all that done way in advance so like if you're planning this this big thing and you want to get this part because it's a little bit faster like take all that into consideration but get the car running and driving first and then work on some of the speed stuff too i would uh...
0: I can confidently say that I failed at every single project with the exception of one and it's partial. And that's the blue truck because I bought that truck in non-running condition after it had been sitting for three years, all the valves for the air ride were stuck. And I told the guy when I got there, cause it was like, I looked at the truck and I was like, this thing, there's no way we're gonna get this thing going today. He told me it'd been sitting for three years. Uh the battery had just been disconnected. And uh so I said, All right, dude. I had offered him he wanted four grand, I had offered him two because <laughs> you know that's how you yeah. do. <laughs> and uh I it's the my coffee way. <laughs> the, yeah, the, the the messed up part was when I got there and I saw the condition the truck was in, I was like, shit. Um, I said, I'll, I'll give you two grand for it, but I have to be able to drive it out of here cause I'm not towing it. So, I mean, I, I it would have been, it would have made a fun video. I mean, it was simple shit, but, uh, the accomplishment of making the guy an offer going up there and going, okay, I gotta get this thing out of here today. There is no tow. Cause I two grand was all the money that I had made on 10 grill t-shirts In like a four-month span and (laughs) I had to buy a tin grill (laughs) because I was making tin grill t-shirts before I even had one I was making them to buy one and I bought that truck with t-shirt money (laughs) of tin grill t-shirts and then uh, you know I I, I, what exactly did it need I know that when we fired it up I put a new ballast resistor on it there was a couple loose wires and when I fired it up, it was spraying fuel everywhere. So I was like, okay, dry rotted fuel hose. So got a new fuel hose. It was pretty simple shit. Oh, and I did I did end up going to get a battery because the battery was completely fried. But uh, I was just happy because my wife was with me. And the look on her face when she saw that thing and knowing that I had dragged her out to the country and that I was going to drive this thing 30 miles home... <laughs> uh, when I got to my driveway, I was like, I breathed a sigh of relief because on the way (laughs) leaving the guy's driveway, um, I saw him like doing some sort of motions with his hands as I was pulling out of the driveway. I was like, what the hell's going on here? And, uh, as soon as I, it was a pretty steep driveway and it like immediately popped up onto the road. And as soon as the ass end popped up on the road, I heard bam. And I was like, shit. And then I realized, Oh, shit, the ass end still is down a little bit. And what had happened was the passenger side rear shock mount or shock busted off. So it was just free floating. And so I had already broke it before I even left the guy's property. And then driving this thing home, steering in that old tin grill was like – I mean, I've driven some (laughs) rickety ass semis in my life. I've driven garbage trucks. I would drive the worst garbage truck on earth before I ever would feel safe driving that thing because it was all over the road. And then the first time I went to hit the brakes because I didn't test them in the driveway, (laughs) I got on the road. I said, oh, shit, there is barely any pedal here. I was having to stand on the pedal to slow it down. (laughs) So that was a problem. Um, so coming to stops, so I was like, I'll just gear down a little bit. So I was like, uh, he told me I couldn't take the freeway. He goes, don't take the freeway; it'll rev too high. And these back country roads are like fifty miles an hour, and it's just wrapping out. And I'm like, God damn, I'm gonna blow this thing up before I even get it home. Got to the gas station to put some fuel in it because he goes, yeah, the gas gauge is broken, so I don't even know how much fuel's in it. And I was like, can I make it to the gas station? He goes, well, it's at minimum three years old fuel so uh, yeah i think so so i remember shaking the truck when i was when it was still there and i was like i think i hear fuel sloshing around i popped open the thing i'm like all right got to the gas station and i was like what was that noise and i look underneath and my shocks and i was like oh that's cool so it was pretty much dragging on the ground um i had a sticking valve because of course i got this truck on air ride so i'm playing with the switches on the way home and i get it stuck multiple times in different positions and i was like shit because it had this these really bad sticking valves because this was like back in the airbag it.com days where you go buy just a universal kit and it's all shit <laughs> you know uh but i i made it home and i was just happy to finally have a tin grill and i had big plans for that thing um but immediately I started having wiring problems with it and I ended up selling it midway through a rewire. And I I feel bad now because I didn't give myself enough credit because I did the, I did half of it. So I did everything from the dash forward and I sold it before I had completed the rest of it. So I'm not, when it comes to electrical shit, I'm not the guy (laughs) like I'm barely the guy when it comes to anything mechanical electrical that, and to take something on like that, when I'm not an electrical guy, even though I had the wiring diagram color coded and it couldn't be an easier wiring kit. Like I was just, I was struggling. And when I sold it, I was like, man, I feel bad for that guy to be honest. Cause I was like, fuck if he knew how much I suck at wiring, he would just lose his mind and as it turned out he re- he wired the truck from the cab back and he said it was just I, I had one bad crimp everything else worked it fired right up all the lights worked I was like shit because I, I sold it going god I don't even want to know what I fucked up on that thing yeah. and apparently I did it right I just had one bad crimp so I mean not an epic project vehicle story because I didn't get it to the point where i want and that's what happens with me in projects and that's why i refuse to sell uh, even though i entertain it every once in a while after talking to coffee i will never sell the van my mr norm tribute truck or this roadrunner now until i have them on the road and safely running and driving because i want to be able to finally fucking get one done so i can at least have that accomplishment under my belt because i i just i i either lose interest or just get so overwhelmed the easiest solution for me is just to sell it like all my big block shit sorry johnny sold it today it's all gone oh. um, it was the last shit of the dart i had left and <laughs> coffee influenced me on this when i was oh. talking about the roadrunner because he said uh just get a just get a 440 dude they're cheap <laughs> and i thought yeah and i've had this 400 block for the 451 stroker for five years. It was funny because I had a guy reach out to me that was interested in everything because everybody wanted to... Because I was trying to see what I could get for it, see if I could at least break even. And uh, as it turns out, I get a memory on Facebook that is me loading the block into the truck to take to my buddy's machine shop. was five years ago. And it just dawned on me because I was really expecting somebody to reach out to me, maybe offer me less and me, just not take it and go, all right, I'm just going to keep it. I was waiting for an excuse to just keep it. Um, especially with getting the storage unit. Now I got a place to put all the shit and, uh, that popped up. This guy reached out, said he wanted everything. And, uh, I was like, all right, this is destiny. I'm just going to get rid of it and start over again. The dart's gone. That was supposed to be for the dart. So I'm starting fresh. And it's nice to have some cash in my pocket. And I had planned to sell this stuff to get to no name. And I still won't have enough money. (laughs) And I'm like, God, let me put it this way. If I made it to no name, I would have been... um, brian from dust devil garage would have been buying me lunch and shit i wouldn't have had any money to eat <laughs> i'd have been like hey wilburn uh any scraps laying out can i work in the kitchen for a couple hours have a hot dog or something um it would have been it would have been bad but that's uh i guess in a really long roundabout dragged on story that's the most success i've ever had with any of my projects um a couple non-mopars that i've had that i've got running again but nothing worth talking about um johnny i know you got something good what do you got
2: yeah i mean it, it's it's sort of listen to him. yeah i do <laughs> <laughs> way better than yours All right, right? It, <laughs> no um it, it's kind of on different levels uh like i think i think dorothy is like a huge success and from the standpoint of like building a really cheap car, huge bang for buck. Um like those burnouts that we did in the car are just freaking epic. You know what I mean? Honestly, I don't think I've ever done a burnout like that in any car. That that's probably the most badass burnout I've ever done in my life. So, um and and it's crazy cuz like everybody loves that car dude. I get comments on that car all the time. People love the build of the car. It's sort of taking on its own character, you know, and its own persona. Um so from that standpoint, that's a huge success. I mean, my Coronet, my 68 Coronet, which has been pretty dormant over the last few years. It's my only car that's like painted and running, and even right now it it needs some love. I can't drive it. It's got a water leak, you know. I need to just take I need a break and <laughs> I need time to go in there and like fix the little things that it needs to get it back, you know, to where it's, I can daily drive it. Um, that's my beauty car. And then car, I don't have anymore, which was, it's, I, I mean, I'm in a char, I'm a charger guy. I love chargers. They're my favorite cars, but this 69 road the blue one that I had is probably bar none. My favorite overall car It was ratty. Is a beater, but mechanically, I went through that car top to bottom, and it was so solid and so reliable. It made good power. You know, it wasn't crazy power. It's probably, it's probably only making about 400 horse, a little less, and just tons of fun. I mean, just tons, tons of fun. I didn't worry about the car. I can leave it anywhere in a parking lot, and I can throw it sideways around a corner and not worry about it. So I guess I cheated by having three instead of one, but, but they're all kind of different, you know? I always forget, like I, it was somewhat recently
0: when Johnny mentioned the cornet, and I was like, you got the cornet still? I, for some reason I had thought it went down the river a long time ago. Uh, oh. And I'm like, <laughs> shit, you got all, I was like, how can we never see
2: cornet stuff, dude? <laughs> like, yeah. Do you have any YouTube videos of that? Yeah. Oh, it's funny because I, when I started my first videos on YouTube are from like 14 years ago and they're of that car 14, 15 years ago or so. My, so it was like, and it was, I wasn't trying to start a channel or anything back then. It was just, I took some video of it and I posted it on YouTube so that I can send the link to friends like, Hey, check out my car on the track, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, but no, I don't have anything too recent. Um, I think a couple of years ago I took it to a car show, but other than that, no, I I've been so distracted. I mean, all yeah. this, this YouTube stuff and Jeremy's stupid challenge. I mean, yeah. it's taken all my time.
0: <laughs> um, I just, I was thinking about this as you were talking, Johnny, for those of you that have watched Um, or listen to this show with the early episodes that I had Johnny Mopar on. He talked about his circle of Mopars and how the rings and how the ones in the center, they're not going anywhere, but the ones on the outside rings. See ya. (laughs) No problems. No, no regrets getting rid of them. How many do you have on the outer ring where if you had to sell something or some things this week, how many do you got out there? Cause I've got a fun challenge idea. <laughs> I think
2: you'll, I think you'll <laughs> like it. It's just a fantasy, but I think it's funny. All right. Um, I would, I have a 75, 10 grill long bed. That's the outermost ring. I wouldn't, okay. wouldn't care about getting rid of. Yeah. I have a 68 Dodge Cornet four door. That's pretty hammered. I got from my coffee, uh, traded in some rims and some cash for it. Uh, I haven't done anything to the car, so that's probably the next ring, the next outer ring. Uh The 71 charger I just pulled home, like I'm not in love with the car. I wouldn't feel inclined to sell it right now because the whole reason I bought the car is so I can use it as a template to put the 272s I have in the shop that are painted that need reassembly. I can go to the 71 and go like, okay, here's where the screws hold this in, and this is how it's you know, like the window regulators go in, the glass goes in the you know, all that kind of stuff, mostly interior stuff. Cause both of the 72s are gutted. And it's like, it's one of the, the, uh, it's one of the things I need to overcome in working on the cars. I'm not looking forward to trying to figure all this shit out, but with the 71 there, I could just go walk over to the car, pull a door panel and go, Oh, okay. That's how it goes. Okay. And then go back, put it back together, you know? So that's probably the three outer rings that I, um, of cars that I can get rid of say in a week. And I wouldn't be, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care too much. And there's probably two in the middle ground. Uh, one is the 69 charger, which I just haven't done anything to it. So I'm not vested in it really. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not saying I'm selling it. Calm down, Mike. But you're not selling. Uh, you're not selling. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying? You're not <laughs> and then uh, my 72 charger, which is one of the cars that needs assembly. Um, that's that's the free car I got in the Taki Mopar's call in that yeah. I did early on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that that would be the other one. I'm not. That would probably be a middle ground car. I think everything inside of that, it's probably wouldn't get rid of. <laughs> All right. Here's
0: the idea for the challenge. I, I, I've been so intrigued with Chris Thompson and Mike Coffey and how competitive they are. I want them to each pick one of your cars on the outer ring or outer <laughs> rings and have a challenge much like the one you guys had. I want to see what those two maniacs could come up with. I think that would be hilarious. One's got to take the four door and then the other's got to take that hammer charger. You just got. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See what they can do. I think that would be funny. Um, guys that are super competitive like that and shit talk each other. It's like, it cracks me up. I, I, I think the dynamic between those two in a competition setting would be
2: hilarious. I guarantee you they'll, they're the kind of guys that would dump forty or fifty thousand dollars into those cars that <laughs> are worth less than a thousand bucks. You'd have
0: to give them a hard limit and go, okay. We know you guys are going to fuck around a little bit because you're street racers. Yeah. We'll give you a ten thousand dollar budget. <laughs> call it fifteen, <laughs> or a five thousand and call it ten. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would just be curious to see what they would come up with. And what kind of, what kind of corners they'd cut and what kind of shit they got
1: up their sleeve, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, taking it to to ground one, like when you're picking the car, the whole thought process that was, you know, going on in my head when we first started this before we had agreed that we're going to use the cars we already had was I was really excited to find some trashy Plymouth arrow, something that weighed 2000 pounds in the junkyard rip out whatever garbage was under the hood and just stuff a small block. Like that oh, was yeah. in my head. I wanted to do just because I felt a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you do a challenge like this to speaking to everyone that's listening and you want to do something like that, you can't do it in three months. <laughs> just no. give it away. Take that idea. And unless you got a full team and a bunch of time, don't, don't tackle something that hard for three months. <laughs> but it is see see something like that would be fun. Like I'd be excited to do
2: something like that. I would, you know, like say a little, like a a late eighties Dodge Daytona, Mm -hmm. you know, um, or like you said, a Plymouth arrow or Dodge Colt or something, not that you can find them anymore, but like, if you could pick up something like that cheap, I'd be excited about doing a build like that, but I, I would do it completely different than what we did. Like Mm -hmm. I would not, I think if we were going to do a challenge like that, it would be something like um, we we agree, like, just make them the same. Like you pick whatever car you want um, or, you know, like like let's build a little car, you know. Mm -hmm. So we're not, you know, I'm doing a truck and you're doing an arrow or something. It's like it's like, no, you're doing an arrow and I'm going to do a Daytona or something and we're going to both run, you know, 360s. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like the same, you know, we're both gonna run seven twenty-sevens, we're both gonna run eight and three quarters, you know. So it's like there's a lot of freedom to build eight and three quarter how you want, whatever gear ratio you want, but but you know, and not limit it to a dollar amount, but mm-hmm. by limiting it to an eight three quarter, it's kind of stops us from going, you know, like oh, okay, well, I'm gonna go throw a Dana in this thing or you know, if you get crazy with the motor, like, oh, well, I'm going to build a stroker, like, no, we're going to build, you know, stock stroke 360s, like that kind of thing. Like, lim- put yeah. some limitations on it, but have a lot of lateral movement and creativity yeah. of however you want to build the car.
0: Yeah. I like that idea. I like the idea of a challenge of long bed tin grills, small block yeah. powered.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: you pick whatever tin grill you want, but it's got to be a long bed. It's got to have a 318. <laughs> yeah Uh, something
2: like that i think because because that when you start like when we started screwing with the expense number one the budget was freaking tight you know it was was super tight but then you know i i I don't know it fueled a lot of paranoia on my end (laughs) (laughs) going through this whole build and i'd much rather i would have much rather done something like uh like what we're talking about. If if we're limited to the stock stroke 360 and then it's like, I don't care what intake you run. I don't care what headers you run. I don't care about like you have a lot of freedom to do camshafts. Like you could do whatever the hell you want and not really uh, get crazy. You, you know, your limitation on people spending too much money is you got to run, you know, within these parameters rather yeah. than running making a dollar limit and then having somebody go. Cause there's always people like Chris Thompson, Mike coffee that are super competitive and they will throw, I think they would throw everything in the kitchen sink at the bill to beat you, you know, be a four Oh eight, so, like a junkyard three sixty. Yeah. Exactly you made that comment. And I thought that'd be kind of fun, but no,
0: no way there has to be some sort of limitations and, uh, and a, a level playing field. Like I said, yeah, yeah. two long bed, tin grills, two small blocks and then a cap on you know cost but then you're on that level playing field so then it really comes like to the point where you got to start pulling tricks out of your sleeve you know pulling tricks out of the hat yeah to see what you can do and it's you know if if you can get uh, the wiring issues worked
1: out on a 10 girl then you, know, yeah. <laughs> you should have a good competition <laughs> yeah to answer joe I, I would probably say five grand i was gonna every- say five given the inflation costs and just where the whole used car market and parts is, I think five grand right now would be perfect for it to have a little flexibility to have a lot more fun Mm -hmm. uh, with the speed stuff, but uh, it would still be a big challenge. Um, You know, and aside from like when we're talking about, the the little cars, right. The Daytonas and stuff, aside from the fun, it would be to have a lot more of even playing field and do it at a competition head to head. Imagine how funny it would be you show up in a clapped out Omni, not even a GLHS or something, just a, a shit box that yeah. everyone brushes off and you got a, you know, a warmed over 360 in. Imagine the face of a guy that just bought that $50,000 Mustang 50 when he gets yeah. spanked by this yeah. ugly piece of shit. Oh God. Yeah. I would just, I would love to watch, I would watch hours worth of YouTube videos of this ugly four door just you know cleaning these guys oh yeah it'll be so much fun well, well maybe we birth
2: something here i mean it, whether it's long beds or k cars or something you know it's uh mm-hmm. it, it maybe we come up with some parameters and start something like that and then i don't know meet meet
1: somewhere whether it's uh next year. huh maybe that's the the next year 50 yeah. yeah, And
2: then give a, well, give a year
1: people build. Like if you,
2: mm-hmm. if we, if we wrapped everything up, say like, if we came up with something in the in a month or two and we kind of feel good about all these parameters and we go, okay, next year's, next year's, no Name nationals or next year's duct tape drags or next year's whatever race track, or maybe everybody races at their own local tracks and they just have to, you know, I don't know, honor system, mm-hmm. I guess, or something, or have a secondary person, you know certify that that person ran that time you know yeah that's an
0: interesting idea i like that um i don't know i think an event where you know like for the call outs it's call outs are cool and stuff but there is definitely not a level playing field but if you were to level it you know like okay johnny and i are racing and we're both we both have to race 68 coronets (laughs) 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 four-door sedans you know and you put some real fucking parameters on it so it's the same car you know not obviously the same car but the same car same engine platform everything else gears all that shit is different but you can't open them up can't punch them out nothing like that it's got to be a stock bore stock stroke Mm -hmm. all that 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 would be that would definitely uh that would be interesting
2: i think it'd be fun i I I like the long bed idea just because, like, one of the beautiful things about our competition was just how cheap it was. You know, I mean, even though we spent some money, it's relatively cheap what we did. I mean, if if we could do some – there's the last affordable Mopars on earth are pretty much like long bed tin grills, you know. Yeah, you are correct. Even (laughs) the four doors,
0: unless you get somebody who – really doesn't give a shit about what they have you can still get four-door muscle car era cars for decent price i've seen them but they go like that if you find a 69 Coronet four-door sedan for two grand like i did a couple years ago it's gone like that like yeah. you're last in line as soon yeah. as, if even if you, you think you're the first one to call on it, they're like, I got 10 people waiting this weekend. Yes. Yeah. It's like, fuck, yeah. really? You just posted it six minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's people like Coffee that are just sitting there, like, just doing their day job,
2: just looking yeah. over, refresh, refresh, <laughs> refresh. Right. Yeah. I know yeah. Mike must be like Homer Simpson at the power plant. And he's just like, He's got like 12 screens and they're all like offer up in marketplace and you know, (laughs) Cordobas. Yeah.
0: It would be interesting if a whole event was set up with, with that, where it's like, you know, say 10 races, 10 set up, like, okay, this is the tin grill race. This is the sedan. This is the wagons. These are the
2: vans like shit like that. That'd be funny. That would be the class, right? That would be cool. Um, like cordobas would be cool but there's there's not enough of them you couldn't find a Cordoba. i don't ever see Cordobas anymore you know the the tin grills the last cheap plentiful long bed tin grills long bed. It? yeah it, it's the only thing that any if, it, if you didn't have one and you wanted to participate you could go find one and buy one and you could probably buy it yeah. pretty cheap like the, less- tin grill, the tin
0: grill challenge everybody goes to one event with a long bed tin grill and it's like a bracket like a like a, a, a 16 man 16 truck tournament
1: yeah <laughs> who's got the fastest small block long bed tin grill <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about tin grills but like it's actually a fresh wound for me i just sold mine in november and I regretted it like two weeks after I let it go. Oh, and even now I'm like, yeah, I should have kept that. I sold it too cheap. <laughs> oh. But they are a lot of fun. And like you said, like yeah, there are all over the place. And you know, while everything's going up in price right now, you still see them for, especially in California. If you get a small yard one, you know, seventy six to eighty, they're pretty cheap. Yeah, nobody you can wants to find
0: them up here. Yeah, you can still find them. Mm-hmm. Oh man, where are we at? 2 hours. Guys, is there any last parting thoughts about this challenge and what's coming up?
2: Um no. I, I well, other than we're going to meet at Duct Tape, I, honestly dude, like I'm going to race Jeremy, but I'm I'm going there just to race at Duct Tape and have a good time. Yeah. And have no pressure. You know, mm. we're we're going to get our car on the street and get exhaust on it so we could shake it down and drive it you know, drive it locally, just make sure everything's worked out of the car and then dial it in. I want to get it back to Verona soon and actually run it and then see, see if we could have beat Jeremy, you know, like actually have a time slip. And, uh, I didn't even get to get our time slip because we were being towed. We went right by the little shack where they hand out the slip. So. Oh,
1: <laughs>
2: but Jeremy posted one. So I was able to see our time slip on that, which was abysmal. It's like, I don't know, 20 minutes or <laughs> I don't remember.
1: <laughs> but yeah. 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 I'm in the I same see. mode. Like I'm excited to go to duct tape. I'm excited to, to see the whole thing. I've never been to either duct tape or zip or zip tie. Drags. It's a blast. So, like, I'm excited to do that. I am excited to, to run you again, um, <laughs> but I'm really excited too, to get that eBay turbo on there and just listen to that bad boy howl. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. But, yeah, as far as the stress level, like, it's just chill. I'm having a good time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that eBay Turbo, too,
0: because it's so entertaining. Every time I see somebody do an eBay Turbo build, the numbers they get out of those things, I'm just like, wow. Mm -hmm. I want to know how long they last, though. I know it's not long. But it's long enough to have fun, long enough,
1: <laughs> you know? A couple things I plan to do uh, for the channel. In stock configuration, once I get all the little things worked out, I am going to take it to a, a local speech up here, and they have a dynamometer. So I'm going to sit there and throw it on the dyno and see what it runs. And I plan to kind of throw, like, a, an open forum to, like, all my subscribers, like whoever can guess the horsepower and torque, the closest In a stock NA, not stock, but you know, NA, we get like a a $50 gift card to Summit Racing and plan to do that before the turbo and after the turbo. Just have fun with it, see what people can think. Yeah. So I think that'd be sweet. Mm hmm. Oh yeah, guys. I think
0: we're on to something with this tin grill challenge. (laughs) I'm not participating in any fucking challenges anytime soon. Let me just say that. (laughs) You started
2: it. (laughs) I know.
0: I know. As soon as this guy steps in, though. Nope.
2: I want no part of it. (laughs) Hey, maybe we make it for Vans and tin grills. Just over 5,000 pounds.
0: Good luck like, finding cheap vans. Fuck. Really? I'm oh, so man. glad I had a buddy that had a van that I could buy for cheap. Um, yeah, now I can't even... I, I can't sell the van because I just... For one, I know I'm never going to find one that cheap again. Uh, not without being super lucky. Except for the fact that there is an A100 in Idaho with a 440 in it for 2500 Um Yeah, it is a... Shit box, but oh. it's twenty five hundred bucks. It's got a four forty in it. <laughs> I mean, uh, I did sell some big block parts, but I, I can't take on another project right now. <laughs> as tempting yeah. as that would be, um, it is—it's rotting at the seam between the roof and the fucking body. So it's got—it's uh. a, yeah, it's rough, dude. <laughs> um, yeah, I like—I like. Uh, this statement right here what the heck is a tin grill and then i have a 75 w100 (laughs) like that is a grill. so for those of you that don't know what a tin grill is it's a 1972 to 1980 dodge truck or fargo you know and if you have a a trail duster that would that would count too which is a plymouth or ram charger or a ram charger (laughs) um 72 to 80 are the years Nope, I'm not accepting anything. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys, I think it's time to shut it down. Let's uh, start with Johnny Mopar. Johnny, where can everybody find your content?
2: YouTube is the best place. Johnny Mopar as Johnny Mopar. I still got my Chris Albert shirt from Matt's. And uh, I'm also on uh, Instagram as Johnny Mopar,
1: no space between it. And Jeremy. So, uh, yeah, YouTube as well. Uh, that's where like all my, my serious big content goes. Um, I do have a Facebook page as well as a TikTok. And I, I do a lot of the fun little stuff on TikTok. But oh, uh, yeah. YouTube's kind of the, the central hub. That's where everybody makes those nickels and dimes on YouTube. <laughs>
0: okay. Hell, yeah. Well, thank you all for joining. Try- I was going to – guys, I've been up – for a long time now i need to get some sleep and i two podcasts back to back i'm burnt i was going to open the chat up but every time i do that and i'm tired like this it ends up going into deep waters and then the (laughs) i I borrow from brian and we get into the weird hour and i had one of those last week and i had to do some or two weeks ago and had to do some major editing so we're not doing that this week thank you guys for coming on the show and sharing your experience with the three thousand dollar challenge i can't wait to have you guys back Um, for after duct tape uh that should be a lot of fun um i i would go down there and support you guys but i've made prior commitments (laughs) and i know uh, (laughs) it'll be fun i i hope i hope if i call johnny and i say johnny what's going on you actually answer your phone i I, when we called you on the live i was like something's not right about this because i feel like if johnny was in a good mood he's like what's up man i I just it just wasn't like you to just because ruben kind of ruben was a little weird i was like something's not right here okay talk to you guys later it (laughs)
2: it was chaos and i did see your call and i'm like i can't i just i couldn't i couldn't talk to you we were in the thick of shit at that moment and uh i think ruben came by he said hey chris is trying to call you and i'm like yeah dude, i can't i can't talk right now
0: dude. <laughs> i had no idea i figured the race was done you guys were just hanging out i wanted yeah. to know who won Have <laughs> been because i was telling people in the um uh, in the chat i was like i think ruben went live at the track somebody go look right now and see who won the race and nobody would respond i was like what's going on here so that's yeah. when i was like i'm gonna call him live call him live on the show and nobody's answering and then reuben answered and it was a little bit weird i was like <laughs> huh i was like that just didn't, that seemed a little awkward yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> it's like yeah anyways we won't go down that road um thank you all for watching remember no mopar left behind my name is chris albrecht and this was talking mopars live we'll see you guys on the next one There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about this show, you know where to go. TalkingMopars.com. And you can reach me by emailing Chris at TalkingMopars.com or by leaving me a voicemail on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR. And you just might get to hear yourself on the show. So keep sharing those Mopar stories with me and anything else that is on your Mopar addicted mind. Special thanks to my friends over at DIYHemi.com. If you've been considering swapping a modern Gen 3 Hemi in your classic Mopar, then give my friends over at DIY Hemi a shout and tell them that I sent you. They've supported me from the beginning of the show, and I also support them in their mission to Hemi swap the world. Also, don't forget how important it is to keep your Mopar protected from the elements. If you need protection from your Mopar, don't wait. Head over to TalkingMopars.com, click on the Affiliates tab, and go get your Mopar covered today. Before we shut this podcast episode down, if you want some Talking Mopars merchandise like t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and cool swag like that, check out the merch shop on TalkingMopars.com. And for exclusive bonus episodes and videos only for my supporters, become a Facebook supporter today and get immediate access to those benefits. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars.
1: Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.